0: Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you. Connect beautifully with others and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's the Hidden Entrepreneur Show welcome back in to another episode you know it's the hidden entrepreneur show it is josh carey right here i am so excited for this episode you're going to see for so many reasons because there is just so much overlap between who i am what i do what i love what i value it's dolores hirschman the founder of masters in clarity how you doing today dolores
1: Hi, Josh. I'm very excited to be here today.
0: Likewise. So we were talking before we hit record and went on the air here. Short and sweet, your company, Masters in Clarity, excites me for so (laughs) many reasons. Because, like I said, we have the practically the exact same mission and approach to what we value and, and, and how we serve clients. As your website puts it, you help people clarify their message and grow their business. At at the core, that's exactly what we do through PodMax as well. So let's start at the broad level. What is it about helping people clarify their message that for you is what you dedicate your life to? Why is it so important for a business owner, an entrepreneur to really get that clarity?
1: So two experiences have brought me to the work that I do today. One is a personal frustration experience where I launched my coaching business in 2014, and and I invested in a very high level, high price coaching program that gave me all of the tools to build the most amazing business. and And I have a background in business, like you know, business building was not new to me. And it felt that I had every. It's almost like I had the biggest, best buffet of the best food. And I didn't have a plate, fork or knife Mm. or a mouth because I had all the tools to make and build a great business. But I felt like like I had an elephant on my chest and my throat was constricted because I couldn't talk about my business because every time I said anything about my business, I felt I was vanilla. I Mm. was one more of a billion and there was nothing special about me and that it was too broad and too like blah. That was one experience I had personal. Second experience, and actually that experience of frustration, I, I was like literally banging my head against the wall. And it's like, okay, what is it that I want? What is it that I love? And the answer to that question, and a specific question was, what would I do for free all day long? That's what I asked myself, which is what I do with my clients. Like, what would you do for free all day long? Let's explore there because we might find your path in there. And so the answer to that question for me, Josh, was I would hang out with people with big ideas. And in that hanging out with people with big ideas, I decided, okay, what is an action I can take around that? And that was, and it's not for everybody, but my action was, oh, yeah, sure, why not? I'm a mom of four kids. I'll become a TEDx organizer, right? Figure, go figure. Anyway, that was my answer. But in doing so, I recognized that the last year that I had spent with this elephant on my chest and my throat constricted. It was not a unique experience, Mm. meaning I was not the only person suffering of that. I was not the only person frustrated by the fact that there was a intellectual know-how on how to grow a business, but an an emotional and intellectual um, barrier to communicating the essence of my work. Because I say emotional because it's not just intellectual, it becomes an emotional struggle because it, it attacks your confidence, it attacks your self-worth, it attacks your self-value, and it really diminishes the capacity of you believing that you can be one of the best. Because you start the whole conversation of a lot of people are doing this. Why would I make a difference? Who will listen to me? Who will buy my products? I'm not being Blah la. Right? We all been there. Yeah. So 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 the Terex experience, which was my answer to my own frustration, opened up more than Solving my fru- it kind of solved my frustration in the sense that I recognized a that I was not the only one b that this was a systemic problem because now I'm getting 300 applications for speakers to speak at my stage for 16 slots like there were way more than I needed I never advertised and I realized that many of these 300 applications we would move them into auditions like that's what you do a process of selection and people will come onto the call and I would ask one simple question. I said, I would say, in six words or a short sentence, can you tell me what it is that you talk about? And it would take them 20 minutes to explain what they did or why they did what they did. And if you think, if you know anything about TED, it's an 18-minute talk. So it takes you 20 or 30 minutes to explain what you do. You lost before you even started the race. And so I felt compassion for these people. And some of these people that really were struggling with clarity, I said, they. I believe in their message I'm going to help them. So, so, so that, you know, sometimes I say, go help someone else and you'll find yourself in the process. Well, that volunteer position revealed my company, revealed my work. And at Masters in Clarity, what we do is we begin with the communications and the clarity of messaging. That's the first step. But once we have that, that clarity reveals the strategy behind it. And so we work with our clients all the way to to growing their business through implementing systems. And we don't talk about sales funnels. We talk about trust funnels. Hmm. Um, So we talk about uh, design and implementation of trust funnels and and all of the communication goes around. Like every element of the business, I have a methodology around it. So we work on the whole business, but we always start with, okay, tell me about what you do. And I need to not only get what you do, but feel what you do. Hmm. And if you can't communicate that energetic passion, then there's something missing. Then you're just, oh yeah, I'm an electrician, I'll fix your electricity. But why does that matter? Well, because if you don't have electricity, you'll die. I'm in Vermont, in the mountain, no electricity there will be no heat, you'll die. Oh, okay, now you're an electrician saving lives. <laughs> I'm just being funny here. But of I course. Mean, each one of us has the power to affect someone's life for the positive. I don't care what you do. Trust me, whatever you do, any job you have is impacting human beings. So why not communicate in a powerful way and fall in love with that work so that you can have other people fall in love with you and your work?
0: When we're talking about clarifying your message, at least from where you begin, is it the business owner or the entrepreneur or the executive, whoever the client is, is it about first establishing the message of the business, like who we serve, what problems we solve, how we do it, or is it from a personal standpoint? This is who I am. This is why. This is my why. This is what I'm doing through my work.
1: So it will depend because it depends on 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 the client. So of course, if for example, I have a client who's the CEO of a multi billion dollar corporation, um, it's a combination. So it depends if if we're talking about how he presents his business, he he's a CEO of a region, um, there's a communication strategy around what him and his team stand for, for an external communication about the company. That's one thing. It still has all the elements of passion and clarity and messaging. Um, and it's very different. Is He's talking about himself, introducing himself as a leader mm. and the essence of who he is in the context of the role he plays. So so it depends on the on the on the on the client. But in general, business owners who are founders and business owners, the, the line is very blurry because this is what my company stands for and the journey towards this was a personal journey. Oh, and so you share both. But, but but here's the thing Josh people spend so much time scripting all these things to be perfect. And I always say you you don't have to be have a whole paragraph built up of what you do. All you need to do is create one statement that you when someone asks what do you do, you you answer one clear five words, six words because the only thing you're looking for when you open your mouth is for the other person to say, Tell me more. And then you can go fifty minutes if you wanted to. Because now you got their attention. But most of us go into a networking event or an interview, whatever, and we just spill all the beans, the person is confused, tired, and kind of brain dead, and they will never ask you to tell me more because you've told me more than I wanted. So so, so in communications, I I love to dance, um, and I tango, I'm from Argentina. In communication, it's just like a dance, you can't just go into a dance, grab the other person as if it were a mannequin or a, or a dummy and just flop them around. You have to communicate. You have to give and take. And so as we communicate our message, you just have to give only enough for the other person to say, oh, I want to know more.
0: Hmm. So I love how you said uh, earlier that you have to, We you don't just share what you do you have to allow the other person to feel what you do, and then earlier you were talking about bringing. Um, it's it's a combination of the words we use and the energy we share. So it's 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 part of what you do to bring in, as you said, the passion. But we do make we do want to come to the table with with the right energy
1: words and the right words, yeah. So a lot of the work that I do, and many times, I mean, I've done this work with a lot of speakers and entrepreneurs, and I always say, you know, if you are struggling with your message, write a TED-like talk, even if you never delivered, I don't care. Mm -hmm. But writing your TED talk will reveal your book, will you reveal your message, and will you reveal, if you want, your proprietary systems and your process. Mm. because because it, it, it requires you that you create 18 minutes of a powerful conversation. And in my experience, a lot of my clients come to me, they write a talk. And as we're writing the talk, and I've had clients who said, oh, I've written a lot of talks, I've delivered a lot of messages. And I'll say, okay, you know, I'm, I was a TEDx organizer. So give me your talk. Let me see if I would choose you. And, said, and it's usually canned or flat or just kind of like shallow. Okay. And, And I'm a a coach at heart. I'm an ICF coach. I'm a life and executive coach. And so when I work with someone on their talk, I, I hear what they do on the surface, but I go digging to the triggers and the moments in their life that led them to that moment. And you'll be surprised, Josh, that how powerful the stories or the journeys of people are really the essence of the work they do and 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 what I love about it is that many people who are looking to speak or write a talk and it happens to all of our entrepreneurs we get into the every day of the business and we're growing and it's another hundred thousand and whatever more money in the bank account but we start feeling a little tired a little kind of deflated in our work it becomes repetitive to some and so when you are engaging in a revamp of your message really what you're engaging is a journey of falling in love again with your company. I've been married for 24 years. We always need an opportunity to fall in love again with that person you chose. Mm. And it's also true for a business. Whether you're a small business or a big company, you've heard it many times when even big brands lose their footing because they've kind of stray away from their original reason for existing. Writing that, Ted like Talk or revamping your message is an opportunity not just to be better at marketing, and get more audiences to engage, mm-hmm. but it's really for you to go back to your basics, rekindle your love for the work you do. And, and it, it's that internal journey, what I'm talking about when I talk about the energy. You can't just fake the energy of being love with the work you do. You have to be there. And so if, if you're listening to the podcast and you're feeling out of love of the work you do, then that's a sign that you need to go back and do it through your messaging, but you'll find yourself in it and you will reclaim that reason for doing and waking up everyone and doing the work you do.
0: For the person listening, uh, whether we think we have our message down or we're well aware we don't, uh, can you give us some first initial steps to checklist to see, uh, make sure you have this in line? How do we get going to sort of self-assess where we are in the process?
1: Yeah, great question. First of all is, does the thought of going on a podcast uh, get you to not sleep? <laughs> and, and do you feel like throwing up? You know, like if you are, are anchored and solid and confident in your message, you'll jump into any opportunity to share it. So if the thought of sharing any level of what you do takes you makes you makes your heart race. Ah, let's let's check on that. Um that's one. Or just the concept of going into another speaking engagement or podcast like literally makes you feel like bored of yourself. Like when you listen to yourself speak, if you're bored of hearing you yourself, that's another sign that we need to kind of rekindle that 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 connection with your work. Hmm. So so either one, like freaking out about sharing, or, oh, one more podcast to record feeling, either extreme is, is you're off your high energy path of connection with your work.
0: So when somebody is looking to um, get started with their, I like how you, you use the, the TED Talk as the frame and the basis for their message that can then be uh, repurposed into a, a variety of different things. It's the same thing we say about um, our company, which will, at the end of the day, sure, we'll get you on podcasts, but really you can then take that skill and that message and put it anywhere you need to including podcasts. So when, when, when you're working with someone to, to really frame and create their TED Talk, what are the first steps that you help them walk through to get on that path?
1: Yeah, so the first question I ask is, okay, tell me about your idea, like in six words, what do you actually do? And usually I get this, blah, 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 blah. Uh, well, let me tell you how I got here, right? So, so the seven steps to write your talk is a very specific framework. And it starts with, um, step number one is a, a strategy, and I teach two different strategies of engage your audience or meet your audience where they are. Nobody cares about what you have to say unless you make them care. So you know how you get on a stage and say, hey, my name is Dolores. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Josh, for having me. All of that is BS. Correct. Nobody's listening to that. Correct. All of that is me feeling better, me me, me, uh, breaking my own eyes kind of thing. But but when you go into that kind of language, the audience is like checking on their phone, uh, like uh, whatever, adjusting the chip, whatever. Because they it's a cue that you are not talking to them because you're not. Uh-huh. When you're introducing yourself, you're just talking about you. So so the first 60 seconds matter. And those first 60 seconds have to be 100% on your audience. And you do that through different strategies. I teach resonant questions. I teach uh, press and tense, crux, storytelling. It's a, it's a form of storytelling that gets people to that connect. Um, so once you accomplish that, then, and you have their attention, they're like, oh, oh, wait, wait, I'm, I'm going to put it on my phone. Like, I want to listen to this. Then you tell them what you're going to tell them, but you don't tell them all. You tell, well, you know, I believe this, or in my research, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. or you post, you post a problem and and a hypothesis for that, solving that problem. I'll give you an example. If you go to the doctor and the doctor asks you resonant questions, do you feel chest pains when you go up the stairs? Are you short of breath and the, And you, as a patient,' like, "Oh my God, he's reading me right and then the then he introduces the idea we' are sharing, well, I believe that a heart transplant would be great for you. um that's introducing his idea, and you're like,, oh, I'm, I'm curious, tell me more, I mean, I'm being funny on here right? of course so 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 step number three, and only step number three is time for you to introduce yourself. why now, not earlier, because you hook them. You told them what you're going to tell them. Now it's time for them to trust you. So if you follow the doctor, you get out of breath. Yes. Okay. He knows what I'm experiencing. uh, experiencing. Um, A heart transplant, Mm, I'm a little hesitant, but maybe. Okay. Tell me more. Are you a doctor? Did you ever graduate from a university? Have you done this before? Like, Do you have the credibility to be talking about this idea? That's step number three. So the the one two three, Josh, and I always teach this as a journey, as an emotional experience, because you're making the audience feel different things. Curiosity at first, maybe hope for the doctor example at second. Uh, maybe when you introduce yourself and you do a good job and they can see that you are the real deal, maybe they feel safe. So when you actually plant all of that emotional experience up front. Then it's time for step number four. And that's when you actually bring the content, the value. Most people start teaching in moment mm-hmm. one, but the brain of the audience is not ready to receive because who are you? Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to, to, to be taught by you. Mm-hmm. But when you prepare your audience, by the time you get to step four, and I call that the meat and potatoes, that's just when you teach, whatever it is that you teach. In my case, I'm teaching the seven steps to write your talk or whatever it is you want to teach. So then you do that before, and then you got them to a place of either you're they're feeling empowered because you just gave them a lot of information they didn't have before, or they might be feeling even frustrated and angry. Let's say you if you if you are the leader of a nonprofit and you spend step number four, giving the data of how the world is falling apart, you know. So then in step five you catch them back, and you regroup them. You remind them of what you're talking about. If you're a nonprofit and you're talking about the state of the world, step number four is all bad news. But step number five is, but I believe that all this can be reversed Mm. if we all commit to X, Y, Z, which is your hypothesis. And then step number six is you invite them to dream. Why? Because the audience can't dream. They can't engage their imagination when they're listening. Because but our brain can't at the same time create and learn. Oh, they, they, you learn, then you digest, then you create, you imagine. So, so because right now you're listening to me, you you the only thing you can do is really listen to me, um, uh, unless you're distracted. But if you are focused, there's very little other thoughts you can have. Right, you're That's experiencing true. that right now. Of course. And so, step step number six. If I say to you, Josh, okay, with these seven steps, and now I know you want to write a, te- a talk. Do you feel it's possible for you to write a talk? So now I'm kind of giving you a chance and a space for you to dream yourself standing on a red circle.
0: Mm, exactly. Well,
1: wow. Step number six, start the dreaming. Why? Because step number seven, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to invite you to take action. Okay. So you got what I gave you. You started dreaming and you started seeing yourself, let's say, on a TED st- stage okay, well, what would, what would the next section I can, whether it's a sales call or sales position, well, you know, download my free thing or buy my program or go and talk to 10 people or whatever it is that you invite them to take action on. Um, but, but, but step seven is how you wrap it up with action. First of all,
0: thank you for spelling out every one of those steps. So valuable. I also just want to clarify and um, point out that this isn't necessarily for the person listening about exclusively creating a TED talk, right? Cause I don't want it to get lost for the person saying, yeah, but I have no desire for that. Right. Cause there's yeah. much more application. So f- please reiterate what the benefit of is, even if we're just using the TED talk style framework, What the benefit and and further application for the person saying, nope, not
1: interested, never need that. Yeah. So if you're listening to the podcast, the chances are you are a founder or a CEO of a business. And that means that you are having conversations with people Mm -hmm. on behalf of your company. So writing a talk, any talk, and putting your thoughts on paper, organizing all the elements of your talk will give you kind of like um, a a resource library that you can take parts of that talk and use it at a networking event, at board meeting with your board, at the pitch contest for your raising money for your startup, um, podcast with Josh, um, you name it, writing a blog. I mean, this same framework that I teach to write a talk is the same framework I personally use to write my blogs. Um, so, writing an article, um, we actually turn talks into books. You can use mm. a framework into a book. So, you name it. It's simply what I what I what I just shared. Josh, is is I've used my background in communications and marketing, my skill set as a coach, to bring together a way to put information in a way that that prepares a reader or a listener to grasp and integrate your information. This is why I said at the top of the
0: show, I'm so excited for this because we have so much overlap. That's exactly what we do with much of the same audience, helping them uh, fully prepare and identify their message, practice it, communicate it through the podcast space. Um, So what what do you say to the person who's listening that thinks, well, I'm just not much of a speaker. Is there, is there truth to that? Or are, are some people more skilled and, and, and ready for this? So
1: here's the thing, you know, if there's no reason to speak, then don't speak. But if you are listening to this and you are leading a company, whether it's a company of just you or a team, whether you like, so, for some people, it's an enjoyable experience. And for some people, It's not an enjoyable experience. Uh, I'm a speaker. I love to speak. I don't love sometimes running the financials. Uh, I got to do both. So if you are leading a business or leading a team, um, it is important to speak, to communicate, to connect. And so it's almost honestly, Josh, it's a responsibility Mm -hmm. on your message. It's, It's irresponsible not to.
0: Yeah. So you um, give us a little bit of background about your history. Where did you come from right before you got into focusing on clarity of message?
1: Yeah. So I have, I'm I'm, from Argentina and you asked me an interesting question when we, before we hopped on the recording, which is, uh, what were you doing on the year 2000? Uh, Which is weird. I don't usually get that question. Um, So I graduated from university in 1996 1996. Okay, and back then, um, in Spanish, I graduated and wrote a graduating paper called "Marketing on the Internet: Relationship Marketing." It was the first paper in the world of how to look at marketing as it was in 1996 mm. and adapt it, or or how can technology support the future of marketing? This is before Amazon, before social media before all that. So what I was doing originally was I was playing with technology and understanding how can we use technology to have a high touch experience with brands? Because I believe that the internet has the possibility of create high touch experiences using technology. Um, and so, so that's where I was in the early, early years. And then I came to the US and my husband is, is from here, And we have four children. And my way of being a mother, because I'm very creative and very I like to be active. I started four businesses while my children, while I had my children. I started a clothing company, I started a software company, and I started a language school. Because as my mom says, can't you just hire a tutor? No, I have to start a whole school with hundreds of students. and so I, uh, I I went through that, and I got to a point at in my late 30s where I looked at my LinkedIn and I looked at my resume, and I'm like, okay, I'm so many things, I'm nothing. Like what what like I had a, such an eclectic resume that I was like, what what do I actually do? And 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 it was kind of a crisis of personal identity, and I decided to go back to school to study coaching, and so. 2014, when I graduated from coaching school and decided to become a life coach and executive coach, that's really where the path to this work came. And it has evolved. And as I shared the story that I was a coach, but I wasn't satisfied and all that, it has evolved to this company that I run today, Josh, where I combine my coaching all the time. Mm. Because in some ways I say, well, I help people grow their business. But the truth is my satisfaction is not just when they make more money but it's in witnessing and guiding the person they need to become in order to make that more money. And so I'm actually 100% of a coach. I just use business growth as a carrot, as a driver, to have that person be beyond or get out of their comfort zone, expand beyond what they thought possible. Because you know and I know that this podcast, this day on 2021 that we're recording, finds us as human beings, that we were not who yeah, we you were not who you are, and I was not who I was 12 months before, definitely from the last year, not even 12 months before that. Mm. We had to internally evolve, face our fears, go uh, use our courage to, to challenge ourselves, you know, get uncomfortable, have hard conversations, think deep, dig deep, cry, I know I have. Um, and all that reveals Today. So I'm not, not a coach. I'm actually a hidden coach. Coaching is at the heart of what I do. And it's through coaching that I can get to that messaging from an emotional and intellectual concept. So I have, in Master's Incredible, combined everything I've ever done in my life um, into a way of supporting my clients to become more than they ever dreamt of, but also for their ideas to have an impact that they never were able, they, w- they would have never dreamt that they could have that impact.
0: And on paper, something else that I don't want to be missed is um, by having you allow the person to share their message, create their message, communicate their message, it is all simply about communication, right? On
1: every level and the importance of that. Communication from the, from the marketing and strategic point From the personal experience, communication and leadership within the industry, within your teams, you know, I've grown, I have like 10 people under my, in my company, I needed to remind myself, oh my God, I'm leading these people, I have a responsibility. How I share, like if something doesn't go right, how I share my frustration matters, because if I just lose it, what kind of a leader am I, And what kind of experience am I going to grow into So, so, so communication with ourselves first and with the world second is at the core of success. And that's, that's what I focus on. Say that last part again, communication. Communication with ourselves first. What does that mean? How you talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's it's, It's about mindset. Communication with ourselves is a conversation of mindset is what, what we say to ourselves. And there's a, don't call me crazy, but I have back and forth in my head all day long. Whatever I say to myself and I respond to is going to show up in how I behave Mm. and the, and the, and the, the outcomes of my behavior. So if I say to myself, you suck, you don't know anything, you're one in a million, your message is vanilla, blah, blah, blah. How am I going to show up? I'm going to show up like a mouse. I'm going to show up hiding. I'm never going to look for an opportunity to be on a podcast. Um, I might go to your event and then I might hate myself for even signing up because the first Mm. round of interviews, I'll be shaking, right? So so how you talk to yourself matters. So Uh defining that and also in that communication to yourself, not just the mindset, but it's like, okay, let's check in the mindset and then let's check in our vision. Like, what do I want? Huh. By the way, the question, what do I want, is what actually lead me to coaching. Because I was working in a team, I was a, a contractor for a team, and I was super frustrated and angry. And my boss asked, what do you want? And all I could do was cry. And that moment I realized that I couldn't, I was very unhappy in that job, but I couldn't take any action towards removing myself from that role because I didn't know what I wanted. Mm. Not knowing what we want is the number one reason we, are, we don't take action. Um, and nobody, would, nobody talks about this because it's such an obvious question that we most, most of us should know what we want. I don't, I mean, I'm trying to know what I want and, and I'm trying in the micro level, I know, but in the big picture, I don't know. And that not knowing what I want is also tied to mindset because if I don't believe I can be great, then I, I might want great, but I'm not going to allow myself to want great. You see how it's all kind of convoluted. Yeah. So that whole entire conversation matters because whatever is happening in your head is going to show up in your world. So first communicate with yourself and, and get, get the house in order in here communication-wise and mindset-wise and, and thoughts-wise. Once we get that house in order, then we can start communicating with the world. But most of us communicate with a very messy head. And so what comes out is reactive communication. I'm frustrated with myself, so I'll be frustrated with my son. I'm stressed about finances, so I'll yelling at my husband. I'm stressed about my client yelling at me, so I'm going to yell at my team without the internal footing and the internal house tight, mm.
0: you show up as a shit show. That's right. Wow. We could, I knew okay. this, I knew this going into it. We, we could go on and on and on and on. <laughs> like, it's just amazing. Uh, where could um, somebody go to continue
1: the conversation? Simplest way, mastersinclarity.com. Uh, There's a button start here. We can hop on a call with my team or with myself. You can go to Instagram Masters in Clarity, Facebook Masters in Clarity. I try to make it easy for people.
0: (laughs) That's absolutely perfect. This has been incredible. Uh, I, I adore everything about this conversation and the topic. Dolores Hirschman, thank you so much for joining us, spending your time today. I am so grateful for our conversation. And I know we're going to be uh, connected uh, in the future and uh, do other great things together. I I look forward to that. And thank you everybody for tuning in, spending your time. Uh, I hope you got some value out of it today. You know, we're going to have another episode, not too far behind until we do go get them.